Buonasera, good evening. What is up, everyone? It is Rocco with another episode of the Ball Podcast. Today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're doing well. I hope that you are happy, doing the best you can. Um, Yeah, so, you know, here we are again. Um, I was perusing the internet today. Uh, you know, just thinking of stuff maybe I should uh, talk about, address, you know, some topics. You know, listen, one thing I have to admit, coming up with what to talk about on the podcast is a 1,048 times harder than thinking of a 60-second video to make every single day. Because I I can talk forever, but I need to have an idea, and that's that's why I was perusing. So, I came, you know, I was looking around, and I I saw that the pasta brand, Barilla, is being sued in California for false advertising. Because on their products, it says made in Italy, when it's not made in Italy. They're made in a factory in Iowa, and a factory in New York somewhere. I think they said only two of their products are actually made in Italy. The tortellini and the lasagna. So, that's what you got there. You got Barilla being sued because people thought they were buying pasta made in Italy. Now, this got me thinking. You know, I I read this and I was like, ah, Barilla, it's one of my favorite ones. I like Barilla. Uh, I'm a Di Cecco or Barilla guy. My wife is a Ronzoni person, so my house is a Ronzoni person now. We're a Ronzoni family. Why? Because whatever my wife says is what we do. My wife is like 19th generation Italian-American, Irish-American, so she's controlling. She, she wears the pants. I do not deny that. I am not one of those people like, yeah, I wear the pants. I'm the boss. I don't care. I don't need to be manly and macho and stuff like that. I, I, I really don't care. But yeah, so that's the case. So in reading the article about Barilla getting sued, I started thinking. And I was like, you know, because Italian-Americans, you know, the Italian-Americans, Italian-Canadians, Italian-Australians, the, the Italians that do not, well, Italians in, in Italy as well, we gatekeep the fuck out of the Italian culture. We gatekeep it and we judge everyone who's within the scope of the culture. The Italians in Italy don't like any of the um, Italian-American, Italian-Canadian, Italian-Australian, whatever you are. We're not Italian enough for them. Then within the Italian-American culture, within the Italian-Canadian culture, within the Italian-Australian culture. Alright, just going forward, I'm going to say Italian-American. But whenever I say Italian, because I'm in America. Whenever I say Italian-American, just know that I'm implying Italian-Canadian, Italian-Australian, Italian-Gugazzo, whatever. Just know that I'm implying everybody, but I'm saying Italian-American. Even within the Italian-American culture, there is gatekeeping and judging going on. We feel like we have to control the level of culture 
basically. And you see this all the time. But here's the thing. The, the, the thing is what people don't understand. First generation kids of immigrants. So that, that me. my Both my parents came to America when they were... My dad was 16. My mom was 17. Not, or reverse. Whatever it was. We have the closest connection to Italy. Simply because our parents were still in that mindset. And our parents grew up both of their life in Italy. So we are more Italian than we are American in some cases. That's why a lot of times we're not American enough for the Americans and we're not Italian enough for the Italians. So we're stuck in the middle. We're on our own little boat. But as you go on, so second generation Italian Americans, third generation, you lose some of that authenticity. So you don't have as much as a connection to Italy. So put it this way. My family brought their, their ideas, their customs, their all that stuff directly from Italy. Then when they came to America, they adjusted some of that stuff. They adjusted it. They Americanized it a little bit. A little bit. Made little changes. And that's what they taught me and my sister. Now, me and my sister, we were raised fully in America, just by Italian parents. We take those those things that we were taught, and there's little changes here and there. Little changes here and there. You know, more Americanized, get in there, more American. And as you go on, though everything is like a flavor or a hint of Italian culture, there is American culture that you're getting more distant from the original. It's like people say, you can make a, you know, in that, that movie Multiplicity from years ago. You know you can make a copy of a copy, but it's never as good as the copy you made from the original. It always loses some quality as you keep making copies of the copy. That's what's happening with the Italian culture. As we get away from that, that original person who came to, to where you are now, you're losing a little bit of it as the generations pass. And that's okay. That's life. But who are we to judge and to, like, gatekeep the shit out of it? Listen, like, earlier, I was just saying how I was a Barilla de Checo uh, pasta brand guy. And my wife is a Ronzoni. In your head, you probably were like, oh my god, Ronzoni, that's, that's that brand shit, that's not good pasta. That's gatekeeping again. Because in your mind, the more original pasta is probably the check or whatever, or some artisanal bullshit to whatever it is. But that's what we do. We're on top of everyone, everything. And my favorite part of it all, this is my absolute favorite. The people who are the biggest gatekeepers, the biggest judgmental people, the big, who judge everyone, who feel like no one is as Italian as they are. Then their favorite show is The Sopranos. Now listen, I'm, I love The Sopranos. It is one of my favorite shows. But The Sopranos was as far away from authentic Italian culture than it was. So you cannot be like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm ultimate Italian. No one's as Italian as me and then I love Sopranos. But listen, I'm guilty of it too. 
I am 100% guilty of this too. Whenever I hear someone call sauce gravy, my mind automatically categorizes these people. They're not really Italian. They might have Italian... Like, it's the same thing what I tell my wife. My wife, her maiden name is uh, Fortunato. Right? But she has no connection to Italy. She has no idea when someone came to America... So I always tell people, my wife is Italian by last name. She has no Italian real in her. And that's what I imagine these people are. The people who call sauce gravy. Because you lost you lost it so much that now you're saying things went wrong. I mean, I'm a sauce guy all day long. If you tell me you want gravy, I'm going to bring you, you know, the brown stuff you put on roast beef. But I'm, I'm, listen, I'm guilty of that. I'm identifying, but that's what we do. We just gatekeep the hell out of it. We judge everyone. When I was growing up, or even now, you watch these TikTok videos, you watch, you watch anything else, and, and someone calls their nonna or nonno, nona and nono. You automatically categorize them in your head. Like, these people aren't really Italian. Because there's like a checklist that we all made in our heads of what classifies as a real Italian. You have to speak the language. You have to, everything you do, your entire personality has to be Italian. You know what I'm saying? That's all, that's all we have to do. But listen, Olive Garden, I think that's one of those... Global agreements. We all agree Olive Garden is terrible. I mean, I've gone to Olive Garden twice because my wife liked it. She stopped going because of how much I don't like it. But I needed to go to Olive Garden myself to witness why everyone says it's so bad, why it's not real Italian, yada, yada, yada. So I went. And as soon as I saw the menu, I saw this is complete bullshit. Lasagna Rolatini. You know, uh, they make, they really make shit up. They just call anything Italian and they put it on the menu. And the the food was terrible. So yes, from my experience now, Olive Garden cannot be classified as genuine Italian cooking. But there's people out there who like it. There's people out there who might be third, second generation Italian American who like it. There might even be some first generation Italian Americans who like it. I mean, listen, the breadsticks aren't bad. You can go there all day long for the breadsticks and the salad. That stuff is actually what the kids say, bussin'. I hope I use that in the right way, but, you know, that's what they say. Then the other thing people always argue about, pineapple on pizza. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. Every person who says that has had pineapple on pizza. Listen, do I think pineapple belongs on a regular New York style slice? No. Do I think you put pineapple as a topping on a regular pizza that you would get, like, say, you went to Da Vinci's in Brooklyn? You ask a pineapple. No, you're not getting pineapple on that pizza. You don't put, you know, food, I don't know, you don't, you don't put food coloring on, on the Mona Lisa, basically. Something like that. Who knows? Pretend I said something interesting. I've had pineapple on pizza. 
in what situation? Domino's. Domino's I do not consider as like pizza pizza, like New York pizza. Like I, you don't compare pizza. Domino's like it's its own category. Like there's pizza and Domino's is by itself because it's not really real pizza, but it's not bad. When you know what it's going to be, it's not bad. And that's where you put the pineapple. Because listen, my friend Vinny, his favorite Domino's pizza is ham and pineapple. And 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 one time he was over, he ordered one of those, I took a bite of it. It was good. I'm not going to lie, it was good. Very good. One of the greatest toppings ever for a Domino's pizza. For a Domino's pizza. But, there's people out there that, oh man, what are you kidding me? You want to put a pineapple on pizza? Get the, get, forget about it. And they start grunting. That's what we've become now. So who the hell are we to gatekeep and tell people who, who's Italian, who's not Italian? I mean, look at all these accounts now. All these social media accounts. Majority of them are as Italian as a Subway meatball parm hero. But listen, they love the fuck out of Italy. So who are we to say, nah, you, you can't identify as Italian because... You don't fit this criteria. If they love Italy, they let them love Italy. I mean, look about during the European Cup. When Italy was in the, the finals all the time. You walk along 18th Avenue. You had Puerto Ricans wearing the Italy jersey. You had Chinese people wearing the Italy jersey. We're going to gatekeep that too, Diane. You can't do it. I'm sorry. You're not Italian. You're not supposed to wear the jersey. Because if we took that mentality going forward, all the people in New York who are Dallas Cowboys fans... Shouldn't even bother. Because you're not from Texas. You're not from Dallas. What are you doing uh, liking the Dallas Cowboys? That's the whole thing. So I think we all need to relax a bit on the gatekeeping. You know, we have to learn to accept. Because listen. People like me, first generation, born in this country. We're not, as much as we want... We're not passing through that strong Italian culture like we did. I mean, I speak for myself. I don't have my parents anymore. I don't have my nonna, my nonno. I don't have them anymore. So that was the most my kids would have gotten. I can only do so much because my wife is American. So I can't start like speaking to my kids in Italian and my own wife don't understand. You know, but it, it is what it is. That's what, that's one thing I've noticed. It's one thing that's like slowly been bothering me. You know, it's like, um, it's one of those things. Like I, you post a joke and someone says, hey, Sebastian Maniscalco said the same thing. Well, no shit. Every Italian American, every Italian kid grew up with almost the same life. It really is like our parents all went to the same parenting school. And it it won't, it'll happen a lot. There'll be similarities. There'll be um, same thoughts and stuff like that. And it's not people copying people, people. It's, we've all lived similar life. And that's why we connect when I make videos like that. That's why people connect. 
to other, you know, influencers out there. We find that common ground and we find comfort in it. We're comfortable in the fact that, hey, look, this person had the same experiences as me. I always thought I was crazy, but look, they thought they were crazy too. That's what it is. I, I, it's becoming more and more that we're just in a battle with each other. And, and it comes down to... So my friend, my friend Louis always said, he goes, he goes, why can't Italian people stick together like other, you know, ethnic groups? And it's true. Italian people hate each other. We do not want to help each other for nothing. I mean, I had an Italian landlord and that was the worst landlord I think I could ever have. And it was, it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that because I was Italian. They thought they could treat me like shit because I was Italian. Other, if I had an, a landlord of another ethnicity, they probably wouldn't have been nicer to me. You know, but, but that's what it is. Italians do not want to help each other at all. It's a whole... It's a whole world where we're on our own. That's why Italians always... Well, at least New York Italians. I don't know if it's the same in Canada, Australia. New York Italians, what I know is... New York as a whole, nobody wants you to succeed. Everybody wants you to fail. I mean, still to this day, people make fun of the fact that I do videos on on social media. They just can't understand why someone at 36 years old is doing this. Listen, it's what I like to do. But everyone wants you to fail. And no one will do anything to help. And you know when I started realizing this? Was when I started comedy. Because when I started a comedy, listen, when you start being a comedian, there's these things called bringer shows. And a bringer show means in order for you to get your time on stage, you have to provide at least five or six audience members. So that was always a given because I would always have either my, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, my sister would always come. My friend Mino would always come. My friend Vinny would always come. I'd always find at least four or five. So I never had issues. But what I always noticed from outside my small circle, almost no one ever came. But. And they would always like cite, cite oh, I gotta work. It's during the week. Nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. You know, stuff like that. But, but, if Sebastian Maniscalco or Vic DiBedetto comes comes to town on a Tuesday at 6.30 in West Bumblefuck, the people from that outer circle were all there. Work was not an issue. Meh, meh, meh was not an issue. Meh, meh was not an issue. They made time to go see that. But they would not make time to go see their friend. Because for them... Oh, my friend's going to fail. These people are already established. My friend's not going to be famous enough. My friend's not going to succeed. And that's what Italian people are. Like, put it this way. How many times have you needed construction done? Needed something done. A mechanic or something. And it's always the Italian guy that gives you the worst price... Or gives you the worst service. Or fucks up the entire thing. 
and they think that it's not a big deal because, eh, siamo paisani, we gotta do this stuff, you know? That's what it is. Italian people hold other Italian people back. It's the same thing in the social media, I always say it. Because my following is not exponentially large, that's why you don't see as many people wanting to collaborate, stuff like that. But that's what it is. So, on that note, I hope I made sense. And I thank you for listening. Shout out to the person in Vietnam, I think, who listens to this podcast. That's amazing. Shout out to the person in Israel who uh, listens to the podcast. But on that note, I thank you for listening. I wish you adieu. Stop to Borna, and I love you guys. Ciao.